There are some unusual things happening in churches today, and many people say they are biblical, but just because someone says it is, doesn't mean that it really is. See what the Bible says about that. Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm glad you clicked on this video. If you want to go ahead and like or comment, if there's anything that we say that you're interested by, go ahead and comment that down there and then subscribe while you're here because we got podcasts coming every Wednesday morning and then share this. If you enjoy it, share with someone else you think may enjoy it as well. It's good. All right. So, uh, within the church, uh, there have always been things that are, that the world would consider unusual, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, things that are not natural to the world. I mean, to go into a church and truth be taught and then worship happens, and in that moment, someone repents and totally changes their life. That's unusual Yep. for the world uh, to see. Uh, it can be unusual sometimes when we see it, to see someone we've known a certain way for a certain time, yep. and all of a sudden they repent and change their life. Think, wow, mm-hmm. this is this is incredible. I never even recognize that person. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there are times in churches when people pray, and there's a very clear awareness that God is in the room and that he answers the prayer in a very you know demonstrable way mm-hmm. that that's unusual I mm-hmm. get it uh, there are times when uh, you think something is impossible you think well here's a relationship that couldn't ever be healed yeah. uh, here's a marriage that can never be restored mm-hmm. uh, here's someone who is emotionally and mentally broken and can never experience uh, health again and all of a sudden, God works, and God yeah. moves up. That's unusual. It's it's powerful. It's good. And there are times when uh, I, I've been in services, and either I or others in the room maybe have felt um, called to say something specific, and they do, and you think, yeah. okay, this is all unusual. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, we should always be uh, on alert for the things that are happening and really have a sense of discernment of, okay, is this of God or not? Because Definitely. God does do some things that are yeah. unusual to us. Yeah. Just because it's unusual doesn't mean it's wrong. But there are some things that happen that sometimes are sometimes are very unusual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the verse from First John four one. It this it's this verse uh, describes a scenario to a T. It says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but." test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, like you're saying, the feelings can be there. It can feel like um, a super power-packed moment, and people are saying things, and all of the, you know, things are happening, and all this stuff. But just because things are happening doesn't always mean everything is good that's happening, right? I've been in some church services where Things were happening, but they yeah. weren't necessarily good things. And later, I thought, "This is not right at all." Yeah. What's happening here? And, and sometimes, uh, it's been in a church where I was the pastor, and I had to mm-hmm. put a stop to what was happening yeah. in that moment because it was not of God. Hmm. And so, uh, there is a responsibility that we have as Christians to um, to be discerning and to be careful um, because things happen like that in churches. Sometimes, best case scenario. Uh, it's someone who maybe gets caught up in the emotion yeah. of the moment or something that they yeah. heard and they they do something. They think it's biblical yeah. or right, but it's not. They, they just yeah. maybe were deceived or yeah. have the best intentions. Maybe we're, again, raised either um, in a way that they don't truly know how to express what is going on in their minds. And so they... Exactly. Whatever may happen. Yeah, that's best case scenario. Someone yeah. was just unaware that what they were saying or doing was not... Yeah according to scripture. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, something's happening in a church service and there's actual 
evil intent behind it. Yes. You know, there's something that is intended to deceive or intended to yes. be used by a person to build themselves up yeah. and not give God glory. Exactly. And again, that's where it goes back to testing the spirits is so key because again, in that best case scenario, if there's someone who's just who's more caught up in the moment and has the ideas, doesn't have the words or the actions really, that person can be taught, can be encouraged, can be yep. motivated and directed and guided to the place where they're trying to get to. Yeah. However, whenever it is that worst case scenario where someone is intentionally trying to deceive, trying to manipulate a situation, put themselves yep. above someone else, yep. that spirit needs to be tested as well and there needs to be a different action. You can't just, well, let me just easily guide and direct this. No, there yep. needs to be a, a calling out or a casting yeah. down. It needs to be. Yeah. Or, or just accept it because it's happening. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that yeah. happens. Uh, Jesus said that would happen. Uh, in Matthew 24, it says, um, if anyone, Jesus said, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, he said, do not believe it. Mm-hmm. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So, you know, it doesn't take long of hopping through YouTube or TV yep. uh, to find some stuff in churches. You think, is that real? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Is that guy on the level? Man. And so with all that in mind, we have to really, we have to be on guard. Yep. To know Absolutely. just because it's published, just because it's written, just because it's popular does not mean it's true. Does not mean accurate, especially on the internet. <laughs> you know, That's it's true. one thing back in the day whenever it was books were the highest source of authority. Yeah. You know, if someone got a book published, it was like they probably know what they're talking about. You know, yeah. again, not that that is the case, right. but especially with the internet, just because someone puts something out there, tweets something, yep. they get a following does not mean it's good, does not mean it's biblical, does yeah. not mean that's what we ought to do, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we have to be wise then. We have yes. to be discerning Absolutely. in all of that. Yeah, and so some verses that go right along with that, Hebrews 5.14, it says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both yeah. good and the evil, right? Yeah. Discernment is so, yep. so yep. key in this. Yep. And then with Romans 12.2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Not just getting caught up in one thing and staying in one way, but a renewal of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, right? So we need to be discerning and then taking action based on that discernment. Yeah, exactly. And and again, uh, there's enough happening around the world today, and it has been, that even within the church, within Christianity, there's a lot of stuff going on, Mm -hmm. different denominations, different groups, different people, different speakers. We have to be discerning about what is is true, not just what felt right in the moment, what seems so genuine, but what is actual truth. Definitely, yeah. So uh, we're going to look at today three things that are happening or have happened in the church. And and again, these are all areas where we must apply discernment Mm -hmm. and must know, okay, what is actually going on there? And then what does the Bible say about that? And then now what, what is to be... Um, discerned about that, yeah, right? And then, yeah. so uh, all three of these do come from these two areas that we're going to be looking at. They're associated with Bethel Church mm-hmm. and with the new apostolic churches. So this is kind mm-hmm. of a newer thing, a new apostolic church, right? <clears throat> um, that has started recently. Uh, but they claim 10 million members. The yeah, new apostolic church claims 10 yeah. million members, 60,000 churches, mostly in Europe. 
but the influences are very much here in America as mm-hmm. well. And I was going to say, same for Bethel Church. It is it is yeah. widely known. It's in Redding, California. They mm-hmm. have a college. Mm-hmm. Their music is incredibly popular. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these are these are pri- like yeah. prominent influences in Christianity today. Yeah, the you may not have heard of the new apostolic churches, or mm-hmm. uh, but they. Just in short, we probably end up doing a podcast at some point just on that alone. Yeah. It's such a, a growing phenomenon today. Uh, they are a, a really a, an interesting mix of Catholic and assemblies. Yeah, Pentecostal. Uh, Pentecostal beliefs and practices. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll do that one day. But yeah, the things we're talking about today, really, these three, and these are yeah. not the only three that are coming out of these two groups. No. These are just three that we're highlighting yeah. today. Uh, that yeah. have have grabbed some headlines definitely uh, in recent years yeah. and and are worth us yeah. stopping and saying okay wait a minute what is yeah. happening what, here what is yeah exactly again <clears throat> so. these these are big influences in the culture of today yeah. you know it, yeah. whether you like it or not they are and so right. we need to look at what is being put out and then how do we discern what yep. what is going on here? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the first one uh, is super unusual title. When I first heard it, I didn't. I thought, okay, I must have misheard that mm-hmm. or something. This is so weird. I don't. I've never even heard this before yeah. in my life. And then as I as I looked into it a little bit more, I thought, okay, these people actually believe this, yeah. and they have they have what they consider biblical basis for this. Yeah. So uh, the title for this uh, activity that is happening in some church or Christian groups is called grave sucking. Yeah. That might be the reason you clicked on this video. You're very <laughs> exactly, confused yeah. about what that is. Yeah, that's not a typo. No, uh, it is also sometimes referred to as grave soaking. Mm-hmm. So those two sound similar, mm-hmm. or mantle grabbing. Again, all those very unusual terms yeah. or uses that we typically don't hear uh, in Christian circles. But here's what it is. Um, it is something that began in the Bethel movement uh, with Bill. Uh, Johnson, the yeah. leader of Bethel, and uh, you can find lots of YouTube videos, websites, you uh, name it. Yep, it, it's out there. Uh, it came out. There's videos about people participating in this. There's videos about him trying to distance himself from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's clear evidence that it was taught yeah. and that people practiced it. Yeah, for so, sure. So. Uh, I was going to say specifically, this is found in in the book that he wrote. It's very popular among this group mm-hmm. it's called the physics of heaven mm-hmm. uh where he describes uh, about grave soaking yeah. grave sucking mantle grabbing whatever yeah. you want to call it so here's the idea it's the idea that there are um preachers and christian leaders yeah. who had uh an anointing upon them from god a calling and a blessing and a power mm-hmm. and they died and they died still with some amount of and this is all their words some amount of their anointing or power still within them so yeah. in a sense they were buried with some of this anointing still on them mm-hmm. and the belief is is that if you go and lay on the grave of this person that you could soak up or suck in more of or what was remaining of their anointing that was left upon them yeah. Uh, in in the grave, yeah, and so you could then uh, grab their mantle in a sense or their anointing and mm-hmm. carry on and have a more fervent, passionate mm-hmm. uh, ministry because you picked up the yeah. anointing that was left on them because yeah. it lay wasted in the grave. Yeah. 
Definitely very video game sounding. <laughs> I will say that much. Comedically, so, I will say there's that There's a much. lot sounding about that. Yes. Yeah, it just, just almost like you need to take a breath yes. just to pause and take that in, the visual. It, yeah. And, and it, this is what some of the pictures and videos show. You say, you may be scrolling away from this YouTube video right now and, and Googling <laughs> this, and I would encourage you to do that because it's interesting yep. to see Wow, wait, th- these two guys aren't just, They're not just making, making this up. up yeah. No, you'll find videos of people laying on C.S. Lewis's tombstone. Mm. Yep. And even John Calvin. And yep. there's other, there's many yep. others, evangelists and all this stuff, yep. who people say, I want to be like that guy, so I'm going to go lay on his grave or her grave mm-hmm. and hope that the anointing left on their body yep. comes mm. into me. Yeah. So again, some of that sounds like video games, yeah. sounds like witchcraft, sounds like a lot of things. I'm putting my trust in <clears throat> this yeah. thing. Yeah. But they would say, no, there's a biblical basis for this. You know, you yeah. have the story uh, in 2 Kings 13 where um, they are going to throw a man into a grave and they find an open grave and they throw his body into it, his dead body. And when his body hits the, the, the bottom of the grave, it hits the bones of Elisha, who is in, his bones are in this yeah. grave. Dead. He's dead. dead. Obviously, it's just, his, it's just his bones. Yeah. And so when this man's body hits Elisha's bones, he's resurrected. It's a miracle, clearly. Unusual. It's a very unusual miracle mm-hmm. that you don't find in any other no. instance in the Bible. It's described, not prescribed. There you go. It's important. This is a description of something that happened, yeah. not a prescription for what yeah. ought to happen. Yes. That's this an important is, yes. distinction when it comes to Scripture. There are yes. things that happened that God did. doesn't mean that they are happening or have to happen or need to. we need to bring back to make them happening. Exactly. They were unusual miracles that God did at that time. Yeah. So you also find uh, they would use uh, another reference from the life of uh, Elisha before or, or when he begins his ministry. Uh, Elijah, uh, his predecessor, is translated up into heaven. He's caught up into heaven, and his cloak, his mantle, his uh, cloak that he wears, he wore, yeah. is, is, is left on the ground. And so he picks it up, and it becomes his power to carry on the ministry and he asked for a double blessing of the ministry, the same ministry that Elijah had, and God gave it to him. And so everything that Elijah did, Elisha did in double power. And they would say it was because he picked up his mantle, and you know that that the uh, the anointing rests in the physicality of the object, yeah, uh, more than anything else. And so, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Bill Johnson, the leader of Bethel Church, wrote a book called "The Physics of Heaven," and mm-hmm. in that book, he says this. There are anointings, mantles, revelations, and mysteries that have lain unclaimed, literally where they were left because the generation that walked in them never passed them on. I believe it's possible for us to recover realms of anointing, realms of insight, realms of God that have been untended for decades simply by choosing to reclaim them and perpetuate them for future generations. So off of that comes this idea of going to the graves and places where the physical bones body of uh, a previously yeah. living, yeah. you know, preacher, teacher, evangelist, yeah. evangelist 
were buried that you could then pick up from them the anointing that was supposedly left uh, uh, in the ground. I just, I mean, a, a quick scan in your mind and heart of Scripture just you just calls. You can't quite find that verse that says you must do this. Yeah, because even the idea that uh, that there's some anointing left, that somehow this yeah. person died before God's appointed time for them. Yeah, that that's troubling. That's out. That's saying, well, God really didn't have it all together. <laughs> He's not really all that sovereign. He yeah, must not have something else thwarted his plan. Gave him a little too much, and now it's supposed to pass on yeah, to the next. Yeah, an oopsie. And yeah, it's just left, you know, unused in the ground. Yeah. So uh, there's some truth, of course. If we're going to be wise and discerning, we have to take in the full counsel of God, not just yeah. pick and choose verses and isolated stories and build an entire, yeah. uh, you know, manifest mm-hmm. manifesto from that. Yeah. So if we're going to go with this idea of anointing and mm-hmm. calling and spiritual power, uh, the New Testament speaks about that. Old Testament does, but so does New Testament. New Testament says that that we in Christ have an anointing. From God, we have a calling, a blessing upon our lives. Second uh, Corinthians one twenty one and twenty two says that He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. So God is the one who anoints. It says who has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us at salvation is our anointing and calling, but as he points out, and as we also know from the New Testament, the Spirit resides with us in our spirit. Our body is the temple, Mm -hmm. but the Spirit is with our spirit. So uh, 1 John says the same thing, 1 John 2, 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. So it is in me. Again, it's not in my pancreas it's not no. in my ribs it's yeah. not in my feet yeah it is in my spirit yes not not your body <clears throat> right but your spirit so when a person's physical body dies their spirit goes to be with the lord to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord so all of God in them and them that was redeemed by God yeah. goes to be with the Lord yeah. at death. It's mm-hmm. not left in the grave. Nope. It's not there waiting uh, to be yep. woke up one yep. day. Uh, the body yeah. will be resurrected one yeah. day, but it is dead. The spirit yeah. is with the Lord. And so there's no anointing left in the ground. No, there's it's no. not in the brain. It's not in the heart. It's not in the, <laughs> not the body. In the ribs or anything yeah, exactly. like that. So now... If you're a student of Scripture, you'd say, well, wait a minute. There was that occasion in Acts 19 where the Apostle Paul, he had some handkerchiefs and he had some aprons. The Bible says that they took that were from his body that had been on him and they took it to other people who were sick. And the Bible says that when they did and they laid them on those sick people, it says that that the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. So here you have an occasion where... Is that uh, not his mantle or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you have a physical object yeah. that had uh, apparently this anointing to it because God yeah. used it to drive out sickness yeah. and evil spirits. So what are you going to say about that mm-hmm. kind of deal? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> when you read those verses in Acts 19, it says this. This is 19, 11, and 12. 
now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Unusual, they were different. Mm-hmm. These were not the pattern. This was not how it had always been or would ever continue to be. They were unusual miracles, and it was by the hands of Paul. Yep. So Again, that is a thing that happened, mm-hmm. not a this is an ever-happening thing yeah. of these types of miracles, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, just because I read in the Bible that Moses stood on the edge of the Red Sea and mm-hmm. raised his hand and the sea parted, that doesn't mean that anytime I go traveling somewhere, I should just get out of my car and stand on the edge of the Tennessee River, Mississippi River, yeah. Gulf of Mexico, yeah. Joe Pool Lake, whatever. Yeah and hold up my hand or the Bible yeah. or whatever and wait for it to part. That's just not how that works. Yeah. Those were specific, specific miraculous events mm-hmm. that did that happen, yeah. but there is no prescription for them and directive for them mm-hmm. to continue to happen in that way. It doesn't, seem like, it doesn't give us any direction. This is what we're yeah. to seek after. Absolutely. And again, another verse that comes to mind with this, uh, and this, this idea that there's uh, an anointing left on a body mm-hmm. that is here on earth. Yeah. Well, what about the verse Galatians two twenty? It talks about yeah, not I, but it's Christ in me, right? It's yeah. not the person, it's not the flesh of that person who's doing the things, yeah. but it's the renewed spirit again, going back to that. Yeah. And so it's not the person yeah. that we look to. And again, this is a this is a whole other topic yeah, you can go down. Person, you know, this yeah. is we don't just follow a person, but we follow the spirit. Yeah. And if a person has the spirit in them and they're being led by the spirit, we follow that person. Yep. But we're really following the spirit. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. So, uh, again, I think a quick, you know, run through scripture. You find okay, grave sucking, grave soaking, mantle grabbing. That is not biblical. Yeah. There is yeah. no basis for that, and in fact, it leads down some pretty dark paths uh, in that process, and it leaves you trusting in some things that are yeah. not not biblical, not truthful, not. Jesus based, not spirit yeah. driven. Because then you're looking for this okay, I need to get more spirit, so I need to go to a thing and do a thing yeah. rather than I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to change and I'm going to have my mind renewed and I'm going to trust the Lord that He's going to give me what I need for the season that I'm in. Yeah, it, it's beginning with the basis of I'm not enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have it. That person a, was better than they me. They do. If yeah. I go do this physical thing yeah doesn't matter what my life looks like as long as i lay on that grave over there exactly and hopes let me do this spiritual performance experience thing Mm -hmm. and it'll somehow give me this mystical power yeah no the power of god works in us his strength in our weakness It, it works in us as we humble ourselves the spirit of god moves through us not through outward demonstrable acts like yeah. that, but through his power transforming and renewing and speaking through us out of him working in us. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yep. All right. Good. So that's that's one, um, and that's pretty weird. Uh, the next one is equally as weird. Uh, yeah. There's another thing that Bethel um, has claimed to have happened. I just read... Uh, their second man in charge uh, at Bethel wrote a, a website article about mm-hmm. this. I read it, validates that his belief in it. And it is this um, uh, an experience they had uh, where they believe a cloud of glory uh, 
fell on them in some of their worship experiences. Multiple yeah. occasions this mm-hmm. has happened. You can also go online and find videos and stories about this as well. Mm-hmm. As well. And it's about gold dust. Yeah. That in a worship service on different occasions, while they were worshiping, um, that in that moment, this gold dust began to fall from the ceiling and to fall on everyone. And it was the cloud of glory. And they they said, this was the cloud, this is God's glory falling upon yeah. us. This is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this room right here. Yeah, and so they were even more filled with wonder and more filled with awe and falling down their faces and, and glorifying God because of the gold dust, which... You know, upon investigation, it's just that. It's gold yeah. dust that someone had to sweep up afterwards. Yep. You know? And it was yep. it was on them, it was in their hair, it was on yep. their clothes, it was on their skin. And I think, okay, that that doesn't sound too different than other instances where I've seen people mm-hmm. say, I just saw uh, the face of the Virgin Mary in a piece of toast. Yeah. You know, and so all yeah. the, they they call all their friends, and the yeah. news reporters come out, and they're yeah. showing the camera, and the camera's showing there's this piece of toast, and yeah. sure enough, here's this something that looks yeah. maybe possibly like a silhouette yeah. of Virgin Mary. I, I've seen that just recently, uh, another video where uh, some people are gathered in worship, and it's in a, a room with a large white wall, and there's a big cross up on the wall, and a light enters the room. It looks like a reflection to me off of something, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes over on the wall, and it's kind of moving around a little bit, like it's reflecting off of water yeah. or something else. I don't know what. But the people in the room, they look up and see it, and they just start shouting and shrieking and, and claiming, that, you know, Mary is visiting us here in this moment. Wow. Uh, here you're putting uh, your faith and uh, your faith, really, yeah. in this mystical, physical object, this yeah. experience in that moment. Yep. And so uh, gold dust for them was that moment. And again, a quick search of YouTube or the internet reveals it's not the first time gold dust or gold paint or gold makeup yep. has been assumed to be the glory of God in a situation mm-hmm. where you find people who... Uh, I saw one even just last night. Some people were they were like in a living room or something, and they were worshiping. And, and next thing you know, they're reaching up and they have gold paint on their face. And there's gold on their hands, and it's like, what is happening yeah. here? And they equate this with the presence of God. That this is the glory of God falling on that moment. Wow. So I get it. God can do whatever He wants. Yes. He can appear as he wants. Mm-hmm. He can manifest as he wants. Uh, he did that throughout the Old Testament. There yep. were times he spoke and appeared in a burning bush. Mm-hmm. There were times he appeared and spoke through a donkey. Yep. There were times he spoke and appeared through angels, or he appeared through a pillar of fire, or he appeared in a, in a uh, pillar of cloud. There's lots of manifestations of God in the Old Testament. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so he he is all powerful yeah. and can do whatever he wants. Um, his glory can even appear in how whatever way he yep. wants it to appear. In the Old Testament, um, when they had finished the tabernacle and they consecrated it to the Lord, it says in, in Exodus that the cloud of glory or, or a cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled 
Yeah. It filled it up. Uh, you have a, a similar instance over in, in the Kings where you find this, uh, this description of the temple and the, um, they consecrate it and they pray. Solomon prays and then the glory of the Lord fills the place with the clouds so much so that they have to, they can't even minister anymore. So God can manifest himself however yeah. he wants. He can show Crazy. off his glory Absolutely. in whatever way he wants. He can. The question is, is he still doing that today? Mm-hmm. Should we be seeking that today? That is the question. Should yeah. we be looking for bushes that are burning, yeah. donkeys that are talking, yeah. fire in the sky? And then the other question is, if those things aren't happening, does that mean God's glory is not being shown? Yeah. And the, you know, that's kind of what people, I think, start to ask that question. Well, he's not showing it like this. Yeah. It must just stop. And sadly, a lot of people run to that stuff. They yeah. they look for the piece of toast. They, they look to for yeah. the you know the cloud in the sky that looks yep. like Jesus and yep. all that stuff. And they run to that. They they get caught up in the the physicality of that. And, and here's the deal: Can God manifest Himself in any of those ways? Yes, but God, according to His own word, has chosen to limit Himself in this day and time. Hebrews one, verse one. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. So scripture is clear. Yes, there were a lot of ways, different ways Mm -hmm. that he spoke. Verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world's who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, and he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. In other words, God can do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. but in these last days, he has chosen. Yep. This Here is, is this how is the I'm way. going to reveal my glory. Yep. This is the way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look for donkeys and bushes yeah. and fire pillars anymore. Yep. And the greatest way about this, the, uh, the thing that makes this greater than the burning bushes and the donkeys and the angels, mm-hmm. all of those are areas. Those <clears throat> are one specific <clears throat> thing. But right. this, this <clears throat> is everyone has the chance to go to the way. Yeah. Everyone can go and see Jesus, right? And they can all speak to Jesus. Yep. And they can all interact with God through him. Yep. And that's the glory of God. Yeah. So God has said, I'm going to show you my glory, and it's going to be in my son. This is how I'm going to reveal mm-hmm. my glory. Now, he does that through him, and he does that through those who follow him. That's where the glory is going to show up. Well, let's talk about gold dust then. I, mean, yeah. well, I thought that was, exactly. what about this? So... Um, what was the gold dust then? If that's not the glory of God, what was yeah. it? Yeah. Did they, are you suggesting that someone planted that? Someone put some gold dust in the AC unit? Someone just climbed up into the rafters and sprinkled it? Dust in it. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm not going to let an experience <laughs> define yeah. the moment. Exactly. I'm going to let God's word define the moment. Yes. And if the experience doesn't fit it, then I'm not going to put any credence in the experience. Yep. Man, that's a that's just a principle to live by. Yes. We don't yes. let the experience define our view of God's word. We mm-hmm. let God's word define the experience. Yep. And so we hold to the ex- we hold to the truth of God's word. Was it planted? I have no idea. 
Was it demonic? I don't know. I wasn't there to test the spirits. Yeah. But I do know this, that there's much greater glories than yep. paper or plastic cut up gold fibers yep. <laughs> to drop from, exactly. from a sky yeah. or from a ceiling. Yep. Uh, the scripture tells us that the greatness of glory is in Jesus. Yep. As I read Hebrews 1, it said uh, that Jesus was the brightness of his glory and the express yep. image of his person. If you want to see the true glory of God, then you turn to see Jesus. That's what the disciples said. John wrote and said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Yep. We saw it. We saw the glory. This is the glory. Yep. Uh, he says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He said, this is what yeah. we were in awe of. We were in a, amazed by it. We saw the glory of God. So the glory of God is in Jesus. Yes. It's not in gold dust. No. It's not in anything else that's yeah. experiential. There may be some moments that are powerful, yeah. but let's just be careful what the yeah. glory is. Yeah. It is in Jesus himself, and it's in anyone who is changed by Jesus. That's where glory shows up as well. Yes. So scripture affirms that. Uh, Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Yeah. Any person who puts their faith in Jesus Christ and is made new and their life has changed, that's glory. the glory of God. Exactly. That's glorious. Exactly. When a man who was once stubborn and selfish and angry and bitter becomes a man who is forgiving and kind and faithful and lives righteously, that's the glory of God. Yep. Gold dust doesn't compare to that. Yep. When you see that happening in someone's life, run to it. That's the glory of God. Yep. Don't look for gold dust. Gold no. dust is a cheap external substitute. That goes away. Yes. Yep. Uh, Romans 15, 7, Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Yep. When you're living out Jesus, when Jesus is living in, out in you, that's the glory of God. Look at that. Delight in that, not yep. gold dust. Second <clears throat> Corinthians three, seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the yep. Lord is, there is liberty. Yep. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When you and I pick up God's Word and we look into the mirror of it and we yep. see Jesus in it and yep. we stare at that image and learn that image and it starts changing us. That's, That's glory. glory. Yep. Absolutely. That's far greater than gold dust. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's what's so sad is that people, they're willing to rush to gold dust or a piece of toast or yep. a light on the wall and assume that's God. Yeah. Instead of seeing transformation in their own life, what Jesus has done for them yep. as God. Exactly. Ooh. Rather see the religious, do the religious thing, all this kind that's of stuff, true. rather than impacting your own lifestyle yep. and someone else's heart, yep. right? Yep, So I know when it comes to churches, um, there are people say, well, I know what y'all do. You have, you've got colorful lights and you've got guitars and you've got haze. drums and you've got haze <laughs> and you've got people singing and you've got the sound up. Uh, isn't that what you're doing? No, it's not because here's what we're doing. We use all of those creative elements. And we use them to help people experience 
fellowship together, worship together, yeah. surrender together, yep. and worship together. Yeah. And nowhere along the way do we say, do you see that purple light? That's, That's the, the glory, glory of God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone bow down. Yeah. No. You hear that guitar solo? Yeah. It's the glory of God. <laughs> bow down. No, that's exactly. not what we do. No. Those are elements that direct us and point us to Jesus. Yeah. And so we don't use those as uh, descriptions or depictions yeah. of the glory themselves. Yeah. So, But instead to create an atmosphere that points you to Christ. Exactly. So uh, it's sad that people would chase after yeah. trinkets, absolutely. You know, uh, trinkets of glory instead of the reality yep. of glory. Definitely. So, all right, let's talk about the third area, and this one, in some ways, uh, has the the broader implications. Those other two, yeah, weird. This yeah. one, this one's big. This one gets. This one catches a lot of people. The others do yes. as well, but this one. This one catches a bigger group. I think so. And it is the belief that there are modern-day apostles. Yeah. Now, we've dealt with a similar subject in one of our other podcasts. That's what I was going to say. If you haven't seen it yet, you ought to check out our Are There Modern-Day Prophets podcast. It it will be a good piece that ties in all of this stuff. If you have not watched it yet, you should watch it. True. So... But apostles, a little different yeah. than prophets. Yep. So there's a group of churches today uh, that believe in the the restoration of yeah. the office yes. of apostle. Yeah, so do you want to explain just a little bit what what's the difference in office of apostle and maybe just a title of apostle? Yeah. Because you made the emphasis on the office of apostle. <laughs> Yeah. In church leadership. Yeah. So the New Testament uses the term apostle. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that the 12 followers of Jesus um, that he called to himself Mm -hmm. are recognized as apostles. Mm -hmm. Now, 12 remove Judas. Mm -hmm. There's 11. Uh, We won't get into the long discussion here about which one is really the 12th because the disciples themselves... Um, through a process of uh, choosing straws, basically, and praying, mm-hmm. uh, they choose an, an apostle mm-hmm. to take the place of Judas. But really, when you read the account, they chose. Yeah. Uh, later, you find in the book of Acts that Jesus himself chooses an apostle, and it's the apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. So uh, I tend to align with the group that believe he's the 12th apostle, that there mm-hmm. really are 12 apostles, and there are no more. Yeah, There were 12 actual apostles, and that's it. Uh, I believe we know that because in the book of Revelation, when it talks about uh, the new Jerusalem, it says, uh, now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Uh, didn't list any other larger number. Yeah. It was 12, no. and that was it. Yep. And so you also read in the New Testament, again, we're going to go back to Scripture over and over and over yep. again. It's our foundation, yep. that if you're going to be an apostle, a true apostle, there were some requirements. And one of those was that you had to be a witness to the resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, once um, Paul is writing himself, he says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Yeah. 
You think, well, he wasn't there before he was crucified. Mm-hmm. No, but he was there in an appearance when Jesus appeared to, to him, him. Specifically, yep. Yes, uh, in a resurrected form. Mm-hmm. And so Paul um, is an apostle by Scripture's own yeah. definition. So that was the first thing. You had to have uh, been a witness to the resurrected Jesus. You also had to have been clearly chosen by the Holy Spirit as an apostle. So Acts 9, again, for Paul, it says, but the Lord said to him, this is a reference to um, the man who would go and help Paul. Uh, he said, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So Paul was chosen by the Holy Spirit to go. And then the apostles were also those who had the ability to perform signs and wonders in their day, in their time. For that uh, little parentheses of time, if you will. Mm-hmm. And 2 Corinthians 2.12 says, Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So here were the three conditions to be an apostle. Yeah. You had to have witnessed the resurrected Jesus. You had to have been clearly chosen by the Holy Spirit. And you had to have the ability to perform signs and wonders. It had, yeah. to, be the, had to be evidence in yeah. your life. And yep. for all of those, it was. Every one of those, they were given that power, that calling, that choosing, and they had that experience with Jesus. Yeah. Now, the term apostle is used in other places in the New Testament, but those references all seem to deal more with someone who is sent. Yes. More like what we would think of as a missionary. Yes. And it was a, um, a function they fulfilled, not an office not a, that they stood exactly, in. Exactly, because... The apostles stood with the with, um, they were the ones who wrote scripture as well, right? The apostle Paul some, some, wrote mm-hmm, scripture, mm-hmm, right? And so mm-hmm. that's a difference. That's something also that died with those men. People these days, we do not write new scripture. Yeah, exactly. So when those men died, the office of apostle ended. Yeah. Now I know that's tough for those who'd say. Well, no, you can't limit God. You, he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But he has chosen yes. to limit how he works mm-hmm. by his own will and choice. Yes. So are there modern day apostles, apostles in yeah. the same sense that perform signs and wonders, that can speak in revelation and can have the same power that those apostles had? Yeah. No. No. They cannot. Yeah. Can someone be sent with a calling and a purpose as a missionary, as an apostle for a limited time to yeah. accomplish a certain task? Sure. Mm-hmm. But for those who believe in restoring a lost position yeah. to the church, yeah. now usually along with it comes office of prophet as well, yeah. which is a very dangerous position. Yeah. Because then you have people saying things like, go lay on some graves to suck up the mantles. (laughs) Yeah, or or they begin to say things like, uh, God has spoken to me, and this person is going to be president next. Or this thing is going to happen in our our future, and and then all of a sudden they don't. Yeah. Well, Scripture had some very alarming things to say about those who... If if you weren't 100% prophet. prophet, Yeah. Death penalty. Uh, And and again, I'm... I'm okay with saying, here's what Scripture says. Here are the truths yeah. of Scripture. But the minute someone says, God has told me the future that's going to play yeah. out for you or for someone else or for this group or for this church, I get 
very yeah. alarmed. You need to go and test the spirit. Test the spirit. You need to I, go and have discernment. I, I don't. I don't see that. Yeah. I don't see where anyone has that ability to forecast yeah. my future. There Absolutely. are no modern-day prophets in that sense mm-hmm. who are having new revelation from God, just as there are no modern-day apostles who have that same yeah. office as they did as the original 12 apostles. Yeah. Because here's what happens in this new this new apostolic movement, mm-hmm. which is that's kind of what you find, or that is what you find in the new apostolic movement. They believe in the restoration of the apostolic offices, and so they believe that these apostles have power, greater power than pastors and churches. And other, just any believer. Any believer, yeah. They have, they have a stronger connection to God. They have a deeper intake. Yep. More than what someone else even has the capability of. Yeah, and so therefore they can speak uh, apostolically. Yeah, they can decree. They can speak prophetically. Um, they do signs and wonders. They should be followed, uh, and they are almost without error. Mm-hmm. Sadly, what happens, and they they're not to be questioned. Yeah, because they have the power to say, "Thus saith the Lord," and so these people are elevated to places of you know supreme. I hate to say it, idolatry for many, even Christians. Yes, they look to these people. Yeah, for direction, for yeah. their uh, atonement, mm-hmm. for their calling, for their blessing. Yeah. Um, as though they have yeah. the power within them. Yep, that's that's who they seek <clears throat> rather than seeking mm-hmm. the Lord. So that that's very alarming. Uh, you're trying to one do something counter to Scripture, but then you're violating all kinds of principles yeah. in the process. Uh, you're violating the whole idea that uh, we have been made to have. Um, uh, one-on-one access into heaven. Yeah. I don't have to go to another person. I, in fact, for me as a pastor, I don't want our people looking to me as their uh, one who gives them specific directions for their life, uh, blessing, mm-hmm. atonement, anointing, or any of that. That's not what the pastor is for. That's yeah. not what his calling is. My role is to teach and to preach and to counsel, but my role is to build up the saints to do the work of ministry and seek the Lord and know the Lord himself for themselves. Yes. So with, I mean, again, these are just three things today that we're talking about. Yeah. There's there's so many others that we could have talked about. There's a whole thing out there of... um, within the Bethel movement of believing that there are angels who are asleep today. And uh, in much the same way there's anointing left in uh, saints who have died, they believe that in certain regions there are angels who are sleeping. And so there's accounts of them going into a room, a building, a city. No, they go in and say, wakey, wakey. Wakey, wakey! You, you can look this up. I'm not making this up. They and they say, eggs and wakey, wakey! <laughs> no, they don't say eggs and bakey. Uh, <clears throat> wakey, wakey! And there's an account where this this woman said she she did that, and this this angel spoke to her. And he said, "What are you doing?" He said, "Shh." And she said, "We're." <laughs> I'm trying to sleep now. 
And um, <clears throat> he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm calling the angels to awaken. And he says, well, I'm the angel of revival, and I've been asleep since 1904 because no one was using my powers. Wow. Tuffy. So they... And they went back to sleep. I, mean, I hate to be... <laughs> no, he, he woke he up. He woke up. All right. Yeah. And so there's accounts you, you can read from Bethel's go. ministry. They, yeah. They, they, there's accounts of them traveling yeah. uh, down the roadside. And yeah. in their RV and getting to a town and saying, we must stop right here. I sense, I sense the angels are asleep as they get out and they blow their shofar yeah. and wakey, wakey. And they wake up the angels and they head on to the next town. There you go. Congratulations. All this. I mean, what are you going to do crazy. with all this stuff? What is the church to do? Yeah. Is, just because it, just because someone said that and did that, is that right? Is that real? Yeah. And yeah. Are we all supposed to start our day with wakey, wakey yeah. to the angels around us? Are they that <laughs> just impotent kids, and weak? Yeah, because yeah. again, <clears throat> that right there instantly is, we have power over everything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, God doesn't know what he's doing with these angels, and he yeah. is having us have to use we, our power. We need to take control. He yeah. obviously is asleep too. Yeah, so. tough. That is literally the most opposite backwards thing ever. <clears throat> yeah, but it is... It's on the forefront today for a lot of people. Yeah. So what do we do? What do we do as believers living in this day when all that stuff is out there and so much more? That, that's four things now we've listed yeah. today. Yeah. There's more, but we'll stop there. So what do we do? Here's what Scripture tells us we should do. One, yeah. we should search the Scriptures yes. for ourselves. Yes. Any, if there's anything, any yeah. new thing, any old thing, any tradition thing, yep. you name it, it's in the church, let's find it. Yep. I, that's what I tell our people. Don't don't believe it just because I say it. Yep. Hear me, then go home and search the scriptures yourself. You confirm whether yep. it's true or not. Don't believe because, because I said it. Believe exactly. because scripture says yep. it. Yep. Because everything that we're pulling from, <clears throat> everything that we are pushing, everything that we are instructing our people to do mm-hmm. comes from scripture. Yeah. We are not s- sitting here and just mm-hmm. meditating and trying to catch the vibes of what's going on. Yep. But no, we are intentionally seeking the scriptures as to how do we impact the lives of the people in our church. Yeah. So in the book of Acts, there was a group of believers who were lifted up and encouraged and promoted as as these, this is what you ought to be doing. So mm-hmm. it says in Acts 17, 10, 11, referring to the Christians who are in Berea, it says, uh, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness, which they they listened to teaching and preaching, and they received it, but it didn't stop there. It says, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Hmm. This is what wise believers do. They listen, and they discern, and they study. Does this Mm -hmm. match? Is this consistent throughout the scriptures? All of them, yeah. Because God is one, and God is consistent, and God does not lie, and God does not change. And so, if it's true, it'll be true throughout the Scripture. So we should search the Scriptures. Second thing, as we've said today, you should discern with the Spirit of God in you, yeah, to look for is this consistent with God and His Word. So I recognize that when you talk about discerning with your spirit, that gets real subjective. Yeah, kind of almost seems like feelings. It's yeah. not. It's, it is with the Spirit of God within me, and the Word of God is my guide. Yeah. Does this experience I'm in, <clears throat> does it sit 
mm-hmm. on Scripture and on truth yeah. in me in this moment. And the way to further uh, discern with the Spirit of God and what's consistent with His Word is <clears throat> in discussion with others as well. That's true. It is in discussing with another trusted believer, yep. another one who is doing the same thing. Yep, yep. Those who've walked down the road, those mm-hmm. who have wisdom and counsel. Yeah, yeah. so um, we should not believe every spirit, but we should test the spirits, whether they are of God, <clears throat> because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is 1 John 4, 1. It's just a clear, honest acknowledgement. Look, there's yeah. a lot of uh, false prophets out there, a yeah. lot of spirits that have gone out into the world, and you're going to have to test everything. Mm-hmm. It's just how we live. And in this day, even more so. It's always been that way, but today especially. So yep. uh, search the scriptures, discern with your spirit and the spirit of God. And then number three, do not trust people who claim to have direct line access to God that you don't. Yeah. Anybody who says that, you can just yep. draw the line right there and say, no, thank you. And, and again, the kicker <clears throat> to that line is that, that you don't, Yep. right? Because we do have direct line access to yep. God yep. through the word, yep. through prayer, yep. through his spirit in us. Yep. But it's the same that I have is the same that you have is yep. the same that my wife has is the same that you yep. name it, whoever has. Right. It's, and whenever someone starts saying, <clears throat> God speaks to me in a way that he won't speak to you. Yeah. Don't, uh, that is the person to be hesitant. It's dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Hebrews 10. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us mm-hmm. through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near mm-hmm. with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You have direct line access to God. Yes. You don't need to go through a priest. You don't need to go through a pope. You mm-hmm. don't need to go through your pastor. You don't need to go through anyone else. You might ask them to go along with you. Yeah. <laughs> you might want them to counsel you in the process, but you have the direct line access. Don't let anyone else tell you you don't. Yeah. Uh, those are the folks you have to be be wary of anyone that comes to me and says God told me to tell you this. Again, my, unless my spiritual alerts go up, <laughs> yeah. Unless it's and it's this verse. <laughs> yes, yeah. If you want to come tell me what Scripture says and that yeah. God impressed upon your heart and is consistent consistent with Scripture, I'll hear that all day. Guess what I'm going to do? Test, Test the, the spirits <laughs> and check out God's word to see if it fits. Yes, I, we have to all live with our radars yeah. on. Yep. Don't don't just suck it in, whatever it is that someone yep. has, just because they're exactly. popular on TV, uh, yep. have some kind of gold dust manifestation in their yep. life, or they sell a lot of books, or they've got more subscribers mm-hmm. on YouTube, or they Healed make prophetic announcements, yeah. or I don't care what all that is. Yep. It doesn't matter. Don't let anyone tell you they have direct line access that you don't. All right. The last one I'd say and how you can know to discern what is and what's not is do not look to physical experiences as a substitute for the greater glory of God's work in you. Yeah, That's the greatest glory there is, yep. is your transformation. Yes. You looking into the Word of God and being transformed by looking at Jesus mm-hmm. and you changing, you having new desires, new appetites, new urges. You're you're dropping off some old habits that you had and you're picking up some new habits and you're praying mm-hmm. where you used to complain and you're you're yeah. bold where you used to be fearful and yep. and you have hope where you used to be in despair. Yeah. That's the glory of God. 
Yes. If you need someone to point it out to you, here yep. we are. I'm pointing out to you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yes. greater than gold dust. That's what to pursue. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. We walk by the reality of Jesus in us, not for gold dust to fly down to us. Yep. Right? Absolutely. So uh, this this would be our encouragement to you. You search the scriptures. You yes. discern the spirit. You trust in what God has said, even to you, uh, through his word and by his spirit. And don't look for the physicality to be your manifestation. Yep. Look for the reality inside of the spirit of God in you. That's yep. that's where the power of God is. So uh, let that um, be an encouragement to you. Some weird stuff today, huh? Definitely. <laughs> So uh, there's more. Uh, we'll yeah. have more to say on some future podcasts or on this whole subject. There's a lot out there. Uh, a day when yeah. we must be on guard. We must have our radars uh, equipped and, yeah. and refreshed often, filled mm-hmm. with truth. So uh, thanks for joining us. Like yeah. it. Subscribe to it. Share it. Tell someone about it. Wakey, wakey. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. No. And uh, lift them up and let them out.